With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line for the second time this week by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Nodkerny. Rohan, this is our last episode of 2021. It has been a glorious year. I'm curious, do you have any resolutions as we head into 2022? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Not really. I've never really been a big uh, resolutions guy. I feel like that's not something my people do. Um, I'm just really (laughs) hoping that... uh, I'm just I'm just hoping that it stops raining in Los Angeles. Like I would like to go for a walk again. Um, it's been raining here almost this entire week. This is not what happens in Los Angeles. This is not why I moved to Los Angeles. Um, it's not why I moved to this country. Frankly, is to live in LA and deal with the rain. So that's really at the forefront of my mind right now. Michael is I'd love to just be able to walk outside again. Escaping unwanted weather patterns is the resolution, I guess. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right, yeah. Well, uh, mine really quick. I think, (laughs) you know, I'm a... I like to think of myself as an avid book reader. I really slacked off this past year Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. So, modestly, um, I'm trying to read 25 books in 2022. Good yeah. for you. Um, I, so we'll here's see something. how that goes. I, I'm not saying that people don't continue to evolve as they grow older, but don't you think at some point, like, you, do you really need a, a New Year's resolution at some point in your life? Like, couldn't you shouldn't know? You just, uh, shouldn't you just be doing that thing? Do you really got to wait till the New Year? I, the book thing is a little bit different, but I just feel like at some point in your life, you, you get too old to have a New Year's resolution, in my opinion. Frankly, I'm not prepared to have a philosophical discussion okay. with you about okay. this. Okay. Uh, haven't given it that much thought. Okay. But 
Yes, I think everyone should try to be their best selves 365 days yeah. of the year is my stance. Um, so, Rohan, as promised, today will be a massive mailbag episode. But before we begin, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Also, uh, I quickly want to say on behalf of uh, Chris Herring and and you, Rohan, and Shelby, our producer, and everyone else at SI who helps make the show possible, just thank you so much to the Open Floor Globe. I'm personally so grateful to engage with all you guys and girls, uh, everyone who writes in, everyone who listens. You're all awesome and help make this podcast such a joyous experience for me. So I just wanted to say that as we kind of close out uh, the year. Rohan, do you have any words? Yeah, I just want to echo that. You know, um, I got to join the podcast this year. I was a longtime listener. It's been so much fun doing it the show with you, Mike. I know like a couple episodes ago, things got pretty heated on here. I just want everyone to know Mike and I are friends. We text outside <laughs> the show. Um, we just love talking about basketball. And uh like thanks to everyone who engages with the show people have been so welcoming since i joined it means a lot um it's so great to see the emails the dms the tweets etc um it's a ton of fun and we wouldn't enjoy doing the show as much if we didn't get so much engagement from the people who listen so thank you to everyone like anyone who ever tweets us or whatever like we love it it's so fun it's great to know that people are listening um and we also love hearing everyone's opinions. That's a thing. It's like we don't do the show. We I don't think we've ever done the show in the spirit of we're telling you the facts. Like we're just we're just talking about basketball the way that we <laughs> we just talk about basketball the way we talk about basketball when we're texting each other or whatever. And it's true. The, the people who email us like your opinions are just as valid. So thank you to everyone who just engages with the show. It's a lot of fun. We are a podcast full of misinformation. So do not come here for facts. <laughs> yes, that's do not, right. Yeah. Yeah, do not do not do that. Not not recommended. Um so before we Mike, open Mike has you believing the Celtics are relevant. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I think that your your resolution should be to be nicer to me. Mm, that's what I think should be your resolution okay. now that you are just coming off the top rope. Okay. Okay. From the jump. Well, we got it. You um, sent me you sent me an email this morning that I don't think we're getting to on the show that someone accused me of making this a heat podcast. And I feel like I go so far to make <laughs> to not bring them up every episode that I'm kind of like, well, if that's if that's the rep, then I might as well lean in. You know what I mean? That was a great email. It came in a little under the wire, or I yeah. guess over the wire. Uh, Past before the wire, we put after the, the wire, yeah. together. Yeah. Yes, I exactly. Don't yeah. I don't yeah. understand what yeah. that saying means. <laughs> um, but uh, shout out to who wrote that email? And now we're just like uh, Stavros. Stavros, I believe. Yes, a uh, longtime emailer and amazing yeah. person. Um, okay, so. Before we actually open up the the mailbag here, I wanted to have a quick um, discussion about All Star, the All Star Game, because mm-hmm. voting is now officially open. It's a little early before the teams will officially be selected or anything like that. Um, but just talking about the starters and everything that we've seen so far, I thought it would be really fun just to uh, you know give our five. Uh, player teams for the Eastern and Western conferences and just like see where we are because 
uh, I don't know. I just always enjoy doing this. I love picking mm-hmm. hypothetical all-star teams. And um, I feel like usually it's obvious with the starters. And this year, I don't I don't think it's obvious. I think there's well, a lot of... Well, it's a little of, tricky this year because some people have missed time. And yeah. Right. 100%. And usually, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, especially last year, it was just like so many locks. And... Yes. There's a few locks for sure this year, yeah. but there's also some fresh faces and some interesting names, and I think it's a it'll be a fun little conversation to kick the show yeah. off. So, um, well, okay, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> why don't I? Uh, why don't you tell me? So we're gonna do it like uh, it's it's uh, officially uh, done in the NBA. So we'll have two backcourt, three frontcourt. For the Eastern and the Western conferences. So why don't you, Rohan, why don't you tell me your Eastern Conference team? And then so we'll my, kind of my go from East there. my East front court is locked. The East front court, I think, is uh I'm gonna I think you gotta go Giannis, Durant, and Embiid. Correct. I think that's what, what I have as well. Yes, yeah, so when Embiid's been healthy, he's been great. The backcourt in the East, I think, is a little bit tricky. Um like Tatum hasn't had a great season, but he's had for his standards, but I think he's all-star numbers. I think Jimmy Butler, when healthy, has been one of the better players in the conference, but do you think he's played enough games um, to get a backcourt nod? I I mean, like, there's all this talk about, like, Harden is quote-unquote washed, but you look at his numbers, they're still great numbers. He's still... I think generally agree. He's, he's 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 relatively slumping. He's definitely not washed. Like in the yeah, like right. he's he's an honorable mention for me. Like he's yeah. he's still very good. But uh, and I know that you are like, you know, the conductor of the Darius Garland trade. Your train rather. You're <laughs> like uh, you're like Denzel in the movie Unstoppable. You're like I'm driving this train backwards on the track at max speed. Like that's how. That's how well, wait, wait, you are of the Darius Garland train. So, so, but, but Denzel in that movie was trying to stop the train. To be, well, he was trying to, to be fair, he was trying to stop a second train while <laughs> recklessly driving his own train. So, um, you're 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 using your Darius Garland train to block all these other, but because it's my team, I'm gonna go Butler and Tatum in my backcourt and kind of fudge it a little bit there. Uh, wow. Okay, yeah. I'm. Yeah. This is a stunner yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, I don't think Tatum is should be considered in the backcourt. Wow. I mean, he's like, oh, I see what you're saying. He's six ten and he guards you think he's forwards. Forward. Yeah. He's yeah. That's forward. a tough one. You think it's not? I can't put him at shooting guard. I can't sneak him in there. He, I mean, he doesn't play that position, so. I mean, who's uh, who? Do you, who who plays that? You think it's Jalen Brown? Like who plays that position for that? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown has traditionally like guarded. I mean, look, I don't. That's the thing get is, it's like right, right, but it's like it's just so silly to be like Jalen Brown is the shooting guard and Jason Tatum is a small four. Yeah, Mike. I guess you're just a stickler for the rules, and everybody loves that guy. So. I guess I okay. 100%. If you're not letting me, if you're not letting me put Jason Tatum, I'll put uh, Trey Young in there. Okay, okay. Trey, so Trey Young. You know what? Um, 
But the real... It's really tough to leave DeRozan off the starters. Correct. He is a starter for me. Are you? Do you have him in the front court or back court? Back court. So okay. This is, hold let, hold let on. You. Hold on. He's a two guard. What? <sighs> mm, I don't think he is. So, you can't tell me I can't use Tatum, but then you use DeRozan in the backcourt. No, That's so a- I'll uh, look, 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 look. I'll give you the <laughs> like. I'll give you Jimmy Butler as a backcourt player because he initiates offense, he yeah. guards multiple positions, etc. DeRozan does the same thing. Like Tatum no, just doesn't dude, really do L- that. Lonzo Ball and Zach Celtics. Levine is their backcourt. Okay, this is, uh, like, DeRozan's going to be eligible in the backcourt when we're able to pick. <laughs> this is just, uh, hey, I'm going by what the NBA says. Have you seen him in the backcourt? Is that, is that confirmed fact? You're, you're overcomplicating a very simple process, my Okay, friend. all right, Mike, let me just lock in my five, whether or not it fits the NBA's voting guidelines which i am apparently taking issue with today but i'll go with my five as trey young jimmy butler kevin durant Giannis, and uh joel Embiid. even though once again this is a protest vote i want to make it clear that this is a protest vote i do not agree with the guidelines <laughs> being set forth by the nba i will be writing a open letter to adam silver but those are my five um and I believe that they're positionally correct, whether or not the NBA agrees with me. Uh, Mike, who's your East team? Okay, so mine is Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis, KD, Embiid. And uh, we took a short detour, and I have looked up to see how the NBA is actually doing it. And so uh, Tatum is front court, not back court. Jimmy Butler is also front court. Not backcourt, and I believe in the past he was eligible for both. So I don't know. Right, I don't exactly know how. What... I'm I'm not actually going to get mad at you for putting DeRozan in the backcourt. All I'll say is, I just don't know the logic between putting DeRozan in the backcourt and not Butler when DeRozan plays with Lonzo and Levine, who are also listed in the backcourt. And it, it just the logic there is nonsensical to me. Which, to me, is an argument for just getting rid of the distinctions, um, or just calling or putting like make it one front court and four swing. I, I don't know because this is to me. How do you have three back court players that all start listed for the Bulls, but then you don't put Jimmy Buck? But anyway, let's not get caught up in the positional distinctions. Tell me about your team and why you picked it. Too late. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so. When I was um, putting this together, like I said, I think that the front court is pretty rock solid. I mm-hmm. want to shout out Jared Allen um, yeah. and thought about – like, look, I think he should be an all-star. Just no one in their right mind is going to, like, pick Jared Allen over Joel Embiid if you right. watch the NBA. Like, I, I understand that um, – well, right now, Jared Allen is out in health and safety protocols okay. himself, so he's missing some time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a very good team, but just Embiid is like, he's just a monster and totally yeah. unstoppable. And yeah, it's just not even close. Um, so 
came there pretty easily for I, like I I have DeRozan as a he was like kind of a lock for me. Like I mean DeRozan just, I think could finish top 5 in MVP voting. Yeah, he's incredible. So yeah. the season that he's had is yeah, I think he's the best player on the Bulls. The Bulls mm-hmm. are the best second best te- second best record right now in the Eastern Conference and they've just been super consistent despite all mm-hmm. of the hardship that they've had to face. And he's a humongous reason for that. So I want to shout out Damar. And he's not as much of a lock as KD or Giannis. But Mm -hmm. when I was penciling things in, I was like, right. He was the first name I put in for the backcourt. And then it's like Levine has a case for for sure. Tremendous Mm -hmm. season from him. Super efficient. Um, I personally am going with Trey because it's like Trey, look, the Atlanta Hawks are one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this one day after the Bulls just absolutely decimated Trey Young's Hawks. And I shouldn't even say Trey Young's Hawks because I, I, he didn't even know who some of the players were who were on the court with him right. throughout that game, which is just, it kind of speaks to how funky this whole exercise even is in this season. Right. Um, but look, Trey's one of the best scorers in the NBA. He's uh leads the NBA in assist rate, sets everybody up, one of the best passers alive. And when I just am looking at that particular comparison, Levine and Trey, it's like one guy is just an elite playmaker and mm-hmm. really elevates everybody around him. Um not that Zach Levine is like a selfish score first guy, but he's just he doesn't have that white in his game it's not really what i associate too much with him so that's where the edge kind of went um to trey for me and it wasn't that close and we mentioned harden already and like i don't there's really like deal is just not even in this conversation i mean it's important to note that we're only talking starters right because there's a lot of guys i mean i didn't have DeRozan on a team i mentioned i think he's going to be top five at mvp voting there's a lot of players who are going to be all-stars. It's just obviously they all can't start. So, But I'm with you. I, I think that the guys that we've talked about, I mean, I obviously put Jimmy in there as a homer pick. Um, I think that the realistically, I think Young, DeRozan, Giannis Durant, um, and Embiid, I think that's going to be the five. If, I had to, if it was a prediction, I, I would predict those guys as the five. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I I yeah. would also predict those guys yeah. as the five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, okay, let's 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 jump to the West real okay. quick. And this is um, uh, treacherous. I gotta say, um, it is. I mean, I think there are me- three locks. I think there are three locks. I think that uh, okay. Who do you, Jokic, who do you think are the locks? Yo- Jokic, uh, Stephen Curry, and LeBron James. Um, okay, I think I think have to be in there. There's no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron, I think is. The counting stats are just going to be nuts, and he's on a kind of an offensive hot streak, especially right now. Uh, Jokic is an MVP candidate. Steph is an MVP candidate. Then it gets tricky. I mean, I think Paul George is a great case. Um, mm. No? I mean, Make the case. Like, Please make the case. Uh, I mean, he's 10th in scoring, and I think he's one of the best defenders on one of the best defensive teams in the league. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I might put Donovan Mitchell in my backcourt as well. 
because I think you guys, yes. I think you needed, I think you needed jazz man on there, as they like to say. So yeah, I think I'm putting, I think I'm doing Paul George and Donovan Mitchell as my other two next to Steph Jokic and LeBron. Paul George in the front court, so. That's so. right. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, okay. That's that's. I, so I have Donovan in my backcourt as well. Uh, he's like when. I, okay. So when I'm trying to look at every other candidate, be it next to Steph in the backcourt, it was it was Donovan, it was Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and it was John ja, ja Morant and John ja, Paul. Yeah. If Ja didn't get hurt, mm. he would be a starter for me, and not like yes. not even close. Yes. Um, Donovan has just—I mean—he's shooting like fifty-five percent on twos. He's one of the most efficient pick and roll playmakers in the whole league this year. He's just gone up another level, and the Jazz have the best offense like of all time. So exactly. he's he's just. He's uh, uh, head and shoulders almost above even those guys when you just look at the total resumes. Yeah. Um, yes. And Devin Booker that, that was, as well. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. Devin Booker. There's a lot of great guards, obviously. The the Jazz record, and as you mentioned, their offense is like far and away the best offense in the league. And that was a huge kind of differentiator for me. Yeah. So I did not have Paul George. Mm-hmm. The rationale there is just he's like one, he's just not efficient this year, and mm. relative to everybody else, you know he's he's also hurt now, and yeah, I don't know that's when true. he's, he's not back. even going to play. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, um, yeah, the, you're so right. The, the three point shooting's way down, and yeah, yeah. So didn't really even consider him to be honest, given some of the other possible candidates. Uh, I ultimately went with Cat. Um, mm. as my third front court player, right. he's just been, he's been really, incredible, really like really awesome season from him shooting the crap out of the ball yet again. And, uh, Minnesota's defense has been like pretty good with right. him on the floor, which we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, the last honorable mention, and I think that a lot of people in Salt Lake city will be upset, uh, Rudy Gobert, honorable mention for me. I didn't. I just think no, I, I, I like cat so season a little bit more. Here's where here's where it came down for me was I was between George and Gobert. Honestly, cats obviously been great. I always look at it as I know they put three front court, but realistically, I feel like there's kind of a a gentleman's agreement or a kind of an unspoken rule. Like you really only want to put one center in the starting lineup. Like it's just kind of the way it shakes out. Um, <laughs> And I just I didn't want to have Jokic and Gobert on there, and then I was like, I just don't like it when it's like three really big bigs. So that's why I ended up with uh, PG. But I think Cat is probably once again. I think if it was a prediction, I think Cat is. I would be surprised if he didn't start this year just because of how much of a surprise the Wolves have been to a degree as well. So I think those are the. I think you picked the ten guys who are going to make. It. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Your big man discrimination is just—it's unfounded and, frankly, a little disgusting. I gotta say that you know how I feel about <laughs> big men. Don't do this. Don't do this. I 
literally was texting you about power forwards last night. The league has gone soft. Um, <laughs> analytics has ruined the game. Bring back Zach Randolph. Bring back David West. Bring back Antonio McDice. Um, but until then, you know, you got to you gotta see where the league is headed. And that's all I did with my team. Okay, so this is awesome. Can I, can, I, can I just give one quick shout out to Paul George, though? You already did. You put him on your team. I know, but I'm just saying, listen, I know the efficiency's down, but he's really been playing great defense. And I think we expect, we both expected the Clippers to be pretty good, even despite the Kawhi injury. But that doesn't mean there's not like a big degree of difficulty that they're playing with. I mean, Morris and Ibaka were missing for a lot of the season. Um, and I just think PG's. Look like, at his really usage. Shouldered. Yeah, shouldered the responsibility there really well. And he's he's not gotten a ton of credit for it. So shout out to Ball George. Um, yeah, you know, fourth in usage behind Luca, Trey, and Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy burden for sure. Um, it's just, yeah, I can't, like, yeah, I just don't think he's, I think, you know, when we talk about, we have the wider discussion about who's an all-star. If he were to come back, and I, like I just don't think he's going to make it this year because right, of the no, I, I don't think and, so either. No, I think you're right. But yes, uh, shout out to Paul George. Always, um, he's a great basketball player. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, so let's now open up the mailbag um we're gonna start with this email from aaron very fun email he writes hey fellas longtime listener of the old regime who's been pleasantly surprised with what you've done with the show keeping the familiar open floor spirit while injecting your own flavor well done in a recent episode rohan mentioned something along the lines of spider-man being the most highly anticipated movie of the year which caught me by surprise Rohan had previously doled out praise for the movie Heat and tongue-in-cheek praise for Takers, so I felt like our taste in movies was somewhat aligned. That got me thinking, what's one thing a basketball fan can praise that completely shifts your opinion of them as a fan? For me, it was any non-Houston resident praising James Harden's, quote, mastery (laughs) drawing fouls. The idea of Harden in the lab over the summer practicing ways to make the refs think he was fouled while Steph worked on his handle and Dame extended his range was always a joke, as are the majority of today's comic book movies, excluding the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh, P.S. Rohan, how can the most anticipated movie of the year be anything other than The Matrix? Um, uh, can I, from can Aaron I, in Oakland. Can I quickly answer why 
the most anticipated movie of the year was not The Matrix Resurrections. Was the like the Matrix Revolutions exist? Like that last movie was bad. I don't know. Like I understand that like nostalgia is a big thing now, and it's a theme of the movie, and we're not going to get into discussion about the Matrix. But yeah, it's because the first movie was outstanding, and then they got worse as they went on. So that's why I think that there was a. I was excited to see the Matrix. I enjoyed the movie, but I think there was a lot of rightful hesitation because of how badly. Uh, the last one ended and the, the poor taste it left in everyone's mouth. Also, you know, Mike, we had a brief discussion about this question before we started the podcast. I think you, I told I, you can like good movies and bad movies. Like, I love Heat, you know? I love Last Black Man in San Francisco, but like Spider-Man, I also love the spectacle <laughs> of seeing a crazy movie, you know? Um, there's a lot of rumors about who's going to be involved in this one, so yeah, I, uh, you know, I apologize, Aaron, if that if that opinion ruins uh, your feelings toward my movie taste, but you know, there's a lot of great movies I love, a lot of comic book movies I love. You know, they all have a place in my heart, even if they're not, you know, the same the, the same level artistically. That doesn't mean that you're not having a good time in the theater. Sure, um, I'm glad you cleared all that up, Rohan. So <laughs> to you, answer yeah. the the question, um... I, I answered the question. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, sure. No, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll 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 yeah. I'll actually answer the question, and then you can yeah. give your your real <laughs> he, answer. So yes. <laughs> so to me, um, anyone who uh, any any basketball fan who doesn't think that uh, Kevin Garnett can win a one-on-one tournament has suffered a debilitating mm-hmm. brain injury, and right. I hope they find the help they need. Um, beyond that, my actual serious answer is probably anyone who thinks Russell Westbrook deserved to win MVP in 2017, <laughs> and that extends to now where I know we pick on Russ quite a bit, but like now when I hear people show surprise that the Lakers stink. I just don't understand where you've been and what basketball you've been watching the past few years. And, um, like, the ceiling was so clear to me coming into this season. And the fit was always so bad. And we're recording this a day after uh, the Lakers lost to the Grizzlies in a game in which uh, it ended with Russell Westbrook wide open and ignored by his own team, Malik Monk looked at him and decided to dribble into uh, a pass to LeBron and then an eventual Lakers turnover and the <laughs> Lakers lost. He was ignored by his own team. He was completely ignored by the Grizzlies, who just had absolutely no respect for him in the corner. And look, like it's only going to get worse. That's the playoffs. If the Lakers make the playoffs, like that's what he's going to be doing in crunch time, being ignored in the corner. So... We knew this was going to happen, and for people to be genuinely stunned despite the warnings um, ahead of time, I, I just I'm kind of like, what's going on here? And that's that's so that's my answer to Aaron's question. Um, well, Mike, you will be devastated to know that like I honestly don't have a problem with Russ winning MVP when he did. I I just like I don't hold that award to be so sacred the way some people do, and I like I honestly like 
thought it was kind of cool. This doesn't like, surprise I, me. This doesn't surprise I just, me. Just like, I just think the guy was like, was so like, I'm averaging a triple double out of spite is like funny. And like, I don't mind that he won MVP at all. Like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, the things that turn me off immediately, uh, anytime a basketball player is referred to as an asset, anytime someone is referred to as a contract we can flip, I hate that. Um, one time, <laughs> one time, I remember watching a Heat Lakers game in Dwayne Wade's last season, and it was obvious that down the stretch, like Dwayne Wade and LeBron were just kind of try to go back and forth. And someone was like, the Heat should really be getting Justice Winslow involved here. And I'm like, you lost the plot. Like, you forgot the reason why, like, basketball is cool. And it's not because, like, teams are trying to develop young players. Um, so it's just like, I just, like, I understand, like, it's a salary cap league. And there is, like, an art to playing GM, etc. But, like, I just, like, can't get past the people who don't enjoy watching basketball players play basketball anymore um, and are always just thinking about the next thing and the next asset and people who are like, I love this contract for this team. And like, that always means a player is underpaid. Um, so that kind of stuff bothers me. It bothers me that people think any like title before 1980 is like relevant. Um, I'm sorry. Um, like, all right. Sorry, but you've been ejected from like, uh, the like, show. I, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, Wilt Chamberlain's stats, like, just don't impress me. I, maybe that's absurd. These are, I, wow. These are some takes, my friend. Okay. But it's just like, um, it's just like, I, I'm not <laughs> going, going to. Okay. Here's a story I will tell, okay, that, okay. that genuinely sums up how I feel about a lot of the way people discuss a certain era of basketball. And I think that people dance around it, but people aren't really explicit with it. But one time I was doing a story on Meta World Peace, okay? And uh, mm -hmm. I was following him around for a day and he sat down to do a TV interview. And this like uh, person doing the TV interview is just such like a, it was like a parody of a TV news person, like from a movie, like when they're, like when they're trying to make the media seem like shady people in a movie, it would be this TV anchor. And she asked Ron, she asked Meta World Peace rather, she said, do you think the malice in the palace was the worst night in NBA history? Um, and he said, what about all the nights they didn't let black players play? And she just was silent. Mm -hmm. She froze. She was not ready for that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it wasn't quite that drastic every season before 1980, but... It is I, true. The NBA was integrated throughout the 70s. Yes. But there, I don't think there's been a lot of, like, just great academic discussion about, like, the racial politics of the league. I think some people talk about it, and some people are able to talk about it well, but... And... In all seriousness, like some teams were ahead of others, like the Celtics, famously, they were ahead, even though, um, you know, Bill Russell maybe has his own complicated relationship uh, with what was going on in the city at the time. But yeah, it's uh, it's just an interesting history that I think touches all sports. It's not just basketball, all facets of American life. And uh, yeah, not to derail this discussion about bad basketball opinions, but. That's uh, that's just something that like people like 
don't talk about enough when they talk about some of like the great teams and players of the past. I gotta say, I really enjoyed when um, you prefaced this uh, thoughtful recognition of um, the NBA's and professional sports in general, their um, pre-integration era by uh, just completely ignoring um, Will Chamberlain. Like, the shots at Will (laughs) Chamberlain, I'm still, like, reeling. I I don't know what the hell that has to do with anything. I just, I think Udonis Haslam would lock up Will. I think, I would have left uh, George Mikan off my NBA 75. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Udonis Haslam has never been an all-star, correct? <laughs> sure. Is true? Did he lock up Dirk in the 06 finals? No, 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 no. But Dirk's been an MVP. He, uh, Udonis still bodied him in the 06 finals. Udonis Haslam has never been an all-star in his Do you his need era. to be an all-star? He would, he would, all-star he, he would not. He, he would he would not have been an all-star in any era. So you got to – this is two play, straight episodes do you need to of be an Udonis Haslam propaganda. Defense? Do you need to be an all-star to play good defense? That's all I'm No, one, one, wonderful defender, no doubt about it. Needs to shave his uh, head. It's okay. I, no no um, disrespect to the Mike and family, but he would not have made my NBA 75. George Mikan had no bag. <laughs> okay. We are uh, yes, I, I, I thought that this was a great question and No of no, course, that's an outstanding question. Delivered. Can I can I can I answer a little bit more seriously? I'm taking all your answers okay. very seriously. So. I'm sure you are. The asset you, one you is can. one that the asset one is one that genuinely bothers me. Um that's a big one. You know what? That's actually probably the biggest. I'll leave that as kind of my serious answer. But anytime people are like, oh, assets, whatever, um, that one always bothers me. I mean, Russ is an easy one. The thing with Russ is that I don't. I honestly don't know who's calling him good anymore. Do you go on Twitter? But like, people believe this, some, man. At, at some point, do the, like, the opinions of like Lakers fan, like, you know, oh six, oh seven. Like, does that really matter at this point? Well, look, like I'm it, not was some, one, it was one. It was one thing I, when he won I, MVP, I per- mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different now. Like, like the media is not necessarily behind Russ. Well, yes and no. I think coming yeah. into this season, there were a lot of people in the media who are very smart who said. You know, this isn't a great fit, but look, LeBron and AD, if they're great, it won't matter. And, right. uh, you know, I thought that, look, Russell Westbrook is just a really imposing force of nature yeah. who does, uh, he's just a really tricky and prickly player and, and has a really non-fungible skill set. So it just did. It, it, so it, it was always very questionable um, to me. And um, even as the season was going on, there have been a lot of caveats and excuses for the Lakers and their play, the injuries, the, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm just like, it's just not going to work. Like some, not, not everything can work just because right. happy birthday to LeBron, who is a great player, um, ridiculous player who is still doing absolutely absurd things at the age of 37. No disrespect to him, of course, but 
like, look, there's some things that not even he can't overcome. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I still think that they have a shot with if they play eighty at center full to time make the play in once he returns to make to make the play in. I think. Listen, I said on our preseason podcast where we had like kind of the whole SI gang together. I said it would not shock me if they went out in the first round. Howard Beck thought I was crazy. Shout out to Beck, absolute legend. Um, it would not shock me if they went out in the first round. I still think they can create some problems with. Uh, I mean, I could try to look up the numbers when I'm feeling lazy, but I think AD at the five, they've been. It's workable, and I think that they can maybe figure something out. But that also means <laughs> stop closing games with THT. 100%. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare uh okay let's move on to this email from carrie who writes Hello, equally talented open floor crew. <laughs> love, the, love the podcast and have for ages. My question, who is your most embarrassing favorite player? I'm a Wolves fan, and the first person I remember them drafting was Isaiah Ryder. He is definitely my answer and was my favorite player until KG two years later. Thanks for your potting, Carrie. Carrie, this is an amazing question. Great um, question. Great question. Did, I'm curious, Rohan. Did you have a like? Did you have to think about this one, or did you just know instantly who you were going to go with? I had to think about it in terms of like who is like I, like Zach Randolph. I don't think is embarrassing, but it's like maybe you're trying no. too hard to be hipster, you know. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say I had to think about it too deep. Okay, so I didn't either. Uh, my so my favorite player. I've said this many times before on the show my favorite player growing up was david robinson mm-hmm. not embarrassed at all about that he's incredible uh love david robinson to this day there were times during the david robinson era when he was in san antonio of course where my allegiance would shift to his teammates where i'd be like uh you know player x is now Malik my favorite Rose. player because yeah. he's not <laughs> it wasn't him but my guy Avery Johnson held yes. that belt for yes. at least like two years, and so much to the point where um, my our family dog growing up, uh, his middle name was Avery. My parents let me give him the middle name, not the first name. <laughs> good work, good work. And by the so, so that's how much I loved Avery Johnson, and uh, was a f- huge fan. You know, I. 
it's like when you're growing up, you're trying to like um, find players who you can relate to on the court, and it's just like mm-hmm. someone who can't hit a jumper, who's really short. Uh, who's just like not turning it over, but not doing anything that great. That was me. So I really saw a lot of myself in Avery Johnson, and I am very embarrassed about all yeah. of this. So that's that's my answer. So who's your, what's your answer? So for me, like my first exposure to the NBA was like a, as a five or six year old booting up NBA courtside on the N64 with my brother. And I first would just, like, pick players based on their names and be like, this guy's cool, I'm going to become a fan of them. So, like, Jamal Mashburn, Dan Marley, Hershey Hawkins. I was like, you told me they got a guy named Hershey? That's cool as hell. Like, the chocolate bar, that's sick. So, like, I just loved those guys. Like, not knowing anything about their careers, like, became a fan and then, like, retrofitted myself to being their fan and, like, looking up their career stats and whatnot. I mean, like... Yeah, like, Udonis and Mario Chalmers. I don't expect, like, anybody to understand why I, like, rationally, like, love those players, but I do. Like, I'm absolutely ride or die with Mario Chalmers. Like, an absolute hero in the 2013 Spurs series. Like, arguably, like, more instrumental to their success in that series than Dwayne Wade. He's obviously... I mean, it's embarrassing how much I like Dwayne Wade, certainly. Uh, It is. But, yeah, I mean... I think those were the names that came to my mind immediately. Shout out to Dan. Martin. So, sure. So, first of all, it's her. Isn't it Hersey Hawkins? Not Hershey. I think it might be. There's I think no... it might be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my five favorite moments. Yeah. What are my five favorite moments on the pod all year? Just yeah. cracked in under the wire yeah. right there. I, I um, meant to bring I meant to bring stuff. that up. I, I meant to bring that up, but then I got sidetracked <laughs> thinking about uh, Udonis and Mario Chalmers. But that that's an important postscript to the story was that I was reading that incorrectly as a five year old. Okay, so yeah. that was a wonderful uh, wonderful question and email yes, from yes. Carrie. Thanks so much, man. Um, next email comes in from Ryan, who writes, Rohan and Michael, I was enjoying your redraft immensely right up to the moment when Rohan said THT. And then Michael correctly interrupted with the appropriate THT stats. This is one of my biggest pet peeves, when average or poor players get hyped up because of their markets. Who are your top picks for the most overrated players due to their markets and whose market leaves them the most undervalued for their production. Uh, This is a great email from Ryan. Um, Mm. Oh, you don't, you don't think so? You get a little thin skinned here. I told you in our pre-show, I took offense to this question because if you listen (laughs) to our redraft episode, I simply literally just said the name THT as someone who went in the draft and we left off. I wasn't suggesting that he should have been a lottery pick. This idea that I was contributing to the THT overhyping, I think is a little bit unfair. And I think Ryan just clearly wanted to get this takeoff, which I respect. But there, I think there was he had a better news peg than trying to claim that we were somehow contributing to the THT hype on that episode when the only real discussion of him was why he didn't belong in the lottery. Um, but it is an interesting exercise. I agree. It does lead to a good discussion. But I just wanted to—I wanted to clear my own name. I wanted to tell my side of the story. 
As you should. So I have. I'll, yes. I, I'm going to give two players who I think you know play in markets right now that if they were on the Lakers or the Knicks, wherever mm-hmm. the Celtics, even the Sixers, just mm-hmm. any bigger. T- I feel like they would be like in our first conversation about All Star start. Well, one mm-hmm. of them would be. The other one would not, but still needs more love. Um, and they are, uh, long-time listeners will not be surprised, DeJounte Murray, who mm-hmm. is just like, look at his number. I know he's not as efficient as um, he probably should be to be an all-star, for sure. I understand all that. But like he's such a tremendous two-way talent and so singular mm-hmm. in everything that he does and doesn't turn the ball over just like prototypical point guard but also rebounds uh defends he's up there in steals he's in passing lanes he'll lock you down multiple positions i'm just a huge fan of his game and he gets better every single year and the three-point percentage is actually up this season on the higher volume so i just feel like if he were even just like replacing russell westbrook like mm-hmm. the Lakers would be so much better. That's just I, so uh-huh. yeah, and he would be yeah, so deemed Spencer this incredible too, phenom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> the other guy is uh, Desmond Bain on yes, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Bain was he's my just pick awesome. As well. Bain is yeah, sick. he's just freaking if awesome. Bain, if Bain was on a true contender, I mean, even if he was on like the Suns, people would be freaking out about Desmond Bain. He's awesome. He's so good. Uh, love yeah. watching him play too, and uh, the Celtics traded him on yeah. draft nights, which is, yeah. oh man, I can't even. Um, we, yeah. I, I'm like struggling to go on with the show after yeah. um, bringing that up to my brain. But uh, okay, so let's talk. So, uh, who were some underrated guys that you had beyond Desmond Bain and Deshante Murray? Um. Well, let, can we just can I say something about this? question because i do think it's interesting just kind of like the nature of the hype because on one hand i do think that every fan base has a guy that they get irrationally excited about and i think that's okay like i think laker fans were like irrationally excited about tht but i'm not mad at them for it and i I get it but like you know can i just say can i just say like the irrational hype around like Alex Caruso, right? Who's actually mm-hmm. good. Turns out he's right. he's probably right. going to make an all defensive yeah. team. Yeah, and he deserves the hype. Right. I don't. What? Where? Why does THT deserve the hype? I get it. I get it. It may like, but it doesn't always pan out, and that's okay. That's all I'm saying is like it's okay. And I I just think that it. I get with THT, it was overrepresented because he plays for the Lakers. But it's also like, it's not just because it's the Lakers. The Lakers had some lean years last decade where I promise you no one cared about who was on their team. I think it has more to do with the fact that he's on a a really good team or a team that not this team, this season, not really good. He just is a guy on a team that had really high expectations and it just got a lot, a little out of hand. Um, I just think the, the nature of like <laughs> is interesting because there's like, there is fan hype. There's like local media hype, and then there's like the conversations basketball writers are having with one another. And I think we've now been in a phase where for months the conversations basketball writers or basketball people have been having with one another, no one is really that high on THT and has not been high on him. 
in a little while. So, but I understand why fans might get frustrated. Um, I'll just throw out Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy who I think if he played or like got to play deep into the playoffs, I think people would really, really love him. Um, I think he's a star, but like Anthony Edwards should maybe be like, I know that's a weird pick, but he should like maybe be the biggest star in the NBA. Like per, just personal, personality wise alone, <laughs> he is like an absolute revelation and is hilarious and is Everything he, like, says turns to gold. He's incredible. I think in many ways he's the leader of that team. And, like, he gets a little bit lost just because he plays with Cat and because it's Minnesota. But, I like, he should be a gigantic star. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple guys that came to mind for me. But I just – I do think it's interesting because I think a lot of fan bases have guys that they hype up and – are probably are better than most people believe because even the best national guy, it can be hard to pick up sometimes on the nuances of why this player is so important to a particular team. It obviously hasn't panned out with THT, but it's just funny to me because I don't know who is still singing his praises really. Like I agree that there was a lot of hype and obviously he got the contract over Crusoe, et cetera, but like, Oh, it'll take, it'll take one game. (laughs) <laughs> Ron, it'll take one game. He'll score 16 points on seven shots, and then I'll get 16 text messages from our colleague Jeremy Wu saying that he's a hooper. That's what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> Wow, calling out Wu. Just, I got to call out Wu. I'm sorry, because that's just uh, I, that that yeah. message that he sent. Uh, I don't even know when that was, but it's been like sticking in my brain. Um, was he defending like THT? And, I don't remember that. Yeah, he he was. We got the receipts. I got the receipts. We'll have to go back and. Um, what about uh, Jalen Brown? Further at some point. East Coast THT. Moving on to uh, <laughs> clam, most... clam chowder, t- <laughs> clam chowder, Taylor Horton Tucker, Jalen Brown. Who was he? Thirteen of thirty-six uh, the other night. Zero six. Maybe. Maybe your worst, your worst statement as a human being. Clam <laughs> Chowder, Taylor Horton Tucker. It was objectively hilarious. It's it's up there. Um, okay, so let's talk about most overrated guys who play in the big markets beyond THD. We think we've covered him to death. Uh, is there anyone else out there who plays for? I guess like the. Um, just any large market team who you you feel just receives more attention than they otherwise deserve. That's interesting. Um, I guess I just, I draw a distinction between like large market and contender. And sometimes there's just like a confluence of the two. I mean, if we really want to do this, like Julius Randle, maybe. You're going to go there? Julius Randle, maybe. (laughs) Um, I'm not gonna lie. He's he's an honorable mention for me on this. I list. listen. Here's the thing. Um, I have like no no desire to rob Knicks fans of any joy. Like last season was a incredibly fun season. If you're a Knicks fan, like if you're a Knicks fan, you should not care that I'm skeptical of Julius Randle. No, but they do his care. Performance. Like you should they just do. enjoy the fact that that was an incredibly fun season, but. I mean, the Knicks, sometimes it was like Kevin Knox was it for a little bit. Neil Aquino was it for a little bit. And it was like they – or it feels like they're so quick to appoint 
kind of savior sometime, and then sometimes the people fall out of, you know. But they also have really fun guys. Like, Emmanuel Quickly's awesome, like, and maybe should be even more popular nationally. Um, but Okay, so let me jump in. Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, please. Uh, he's on my overrated list. Oh, what, what, wow. what makes you think that he's so excellent? I think it's more so that I think he's so fun. I'm not saying that he can't improve as a player. I also think that it's like, it's funny that he is like stuck so behind so many backcourt players that it like, I don't know, maybe if he was in a place that like was trying to develop him a little bit more, um, he'd be a little bit different story. I just really like watching him play. I think he's a fun player. I, it's like in answering this question, it's really hard not to like call out yeah, exactly media yes. members and stuff. I'm not like going to do that at all. Yeah. Um, I just sometimes see stuff about him where I'm like, I imagine Emmanuel quickly playing for, and I know how this industry works, so I'm not like I'm not that I'm not naive to it or anything. But like, if Emmanuel quickly was on the New Orleans Pelicans or on the Spurs or the Magic or whoever, it's like no one would be <laughs> writing or talking about yeah. Emmanuel quickly. It's just that's just like like Rob Williams. I it. it <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I was just waiting for you to We're... take a breath. Just waiting. <laughs> um here's um, why this, this here's is, why this is so slanderous. Here's, Continue. Here's why I'm not killing anyone for this. It's because I have okay. my own agenda. It's because I have my own I agenda. Know you do. And I'm reserving the right to become irrational about Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin. No, I mean, I, I know you, like, I'm not even reading out the text that you send me about Gabe Vincent, who I is once like sent, I once a poor man's Mike. Peyton Pritchard, but I, I, it's I, just oh like... Oh my god, there, dude, Gabe Vincent's already had so many better moments in the NBA than Peyton Pritchard. I think I texted Mike that Caleb Martin and Max Struess were what they thought Tatum and Brown were going to be. Um, and then it was something Dwayne along Dedman's, those lines, and then Dwayne, promptly Dwayne blocked. De- Dwayne Dedman's the shooter they thought Aaron Neesmith was going to be. I, um, yes. I, so, listen, all I'm going to say is Caleb Martin leading the Heat to a victory over the Bucks, the Heat winning all those games without Bam and Jimmy because of their undrafted guys, that's culture, Mike. That's culture, bro. And, you know, I'm... I'm going to let myself get irrationally excited about those guys, even if the national coastal elitists like you are going to get mad at me about it. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to not be excited about players that I enjoy watching play basketball. That is your right, you know? Um, that's perfectly Struce? fine. We are going Struce? to... Struce never missed 23 I like shots Struce. in a game. <laughs> I like Struess. Uh, he would be executed if he took 23 shots in a game because he's not allowed to do it. Because nah, it's not dude. as good. That's just how Spoh's, it works. Spoh's giving him the ultimate green light. Him and Duncan. He would be placed no ba- in no jail. No bad shots. No bad shots. <laughs> what is the name of the Miami Miami Heat's arena these days? They change it like every yeah. Six it's seconds. some it's some crypto company. I feel I refuse to uh, <laughs> like shout it out. Like nah, it's some crypto thing. Like good for them. 
Well, they would bury Gabe Vincent or Max Struess under whatever this building is called if they were to ever play with the freedom <laughs> that Jalen Brown is allotted because he is superior in every way. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, um, we have an email now from Christine, and this is... uh, Actually, it's technically multiple emails uh, that Mm. I'm going to try to scrunch into one. Christine's upset. Oh. She writes in, hello. What is up with Wizards' new coach, Wes Sunsell Jr., not giving any minutes to Davis Bertans this season? He Ooh. has only played one game over 25 minutes and scored 21 points, five from nine from deep. He's averaging 16 minutes per game. I get that he's not been shooting great so far, but the last 10 years of his career are evidence and the way teams are still guarding him says that he's still a 40% three-point shooter. Why don't they just trade him if they don't know how to use him? Christine then followed up a day later with, Hi again. So the Washington Wizards just lost to Miami. Corey Kispert played 39 minutes. Davis Bertans played 21 minutes and hit five three-pointers and had a better game. Half of the Wizards roster is out with COVID, and Wes Ensel Jr. is still refusing to play Davis Bertans over 25 minutes, even when he's hot. For God's sake, why would you play a rookie over him? I gotta think it's something personal. Uh, Christine also then sent in a third email um, that <laughs> said that she is, she is Latvian, and that is um, a source of her I discontent see. here. Um, shout out to Christine for that email. And, you know, we're not going to have a conversation about Davis Rutan's playing time, but what I wanted to do was shift this into something a, a little uh, more broad and ask you, Rohan, can you think of a player who you believe deserves more minutes than his coach is currently giving him in the same vein as uh, Davis Bertans is just getting buried on the bench relative to uh, apparently his his potential in the eyes of Christine. It's going to take all my strength not to say uh, Udonis here. Um, The Lakers don't have great options, and I know that he's been like closing actually a lot recently. But I'm almost at the point where, like, they just need Malik Monk on the floor as much as possible over THT. Um, and I, I believe they played down together on the stretch side of that Grizzlies game. But that's someone who I think I'm a little bit nervous that once, like, the rotation fills out, he should not fall out. Um, that was someone who came to mind. You're going to laugh, but, like, I always thought 
and I was mentioning this to a Knicks fan that quickly should play more New York, even if it's even if you don't think he's great or whatever the case may be, like I just don't understand the idea of sticking behind him behind so many vets. Like I just think they give too many minutes to Rose and Kemba, who obviously been like really good for that team. I just look at the Knicks. Well, as Rose is out now forever. So. Right, right. Um, but you know they're starting. Like Kemba played forty minutes his first game back in the rotation. I mean, quickly was also out in the health and safety protocols. But to me, it's just more about like the teams that I think sometimes don't give those young guys enough minutes. Um, especially like the Knicks. Like I think should be trying to develop some of their younger players. Um, this one is not, I think, like egregious in any sense of the word, and he does play. But I would like to see the Warriors give Kaminga more serious minutes with the best players on the team. Like, I want to see, like, a Kaminga, GP2, Steph, Dre, Clay, when Clay returns lineup. I'd like to see that lineup, like, get some serious run. Like, I just want to know what it looks like. So, I I, I understand, like, the frustration sometimes. Yeah, thank you. I, I understand the frustration sometimes for... You know, fans, like, you want to see certain players play more, et cetera. Like, I know it's, like, very easy to get on coaches for that and be like, oh, you're not looking at the lineup data. At the same time, like, they obviously see a lot of things we don't see and they know the interpersonal dynamics, et cetera. It's not fun to do this podcast and be like, we have to defer to coaches every single time. Like, it's not fun to do it that way. But, uh, yeah, those are some ones that come to mind. No, as Christine says, sometimes it's just obviously a personal vendetta. That's just what that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Uh, interpersonal uh, relationships are very important in the NBA, mm-hmm. and apparently Bertans is just really dropping the ball there with his head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back to an episode that we had uh, in the off season, Rohan, and mm-hmm. we were talking about summer league, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk oh, about go. the god. Alperon Shingun, who, baby Jokic, oh my uh, God. You, you dismiss this player as um, a talent because he was you doing made, incredible things in Las Vegas. You made it sound like he was Zion Williamson coming out of the freaking draft, dude. He is incredible, uh, must be protected at all costs from from the naysayers and the haters and the doubters like yourself. <laughs> and the fact that he's only playing 18 minutes a game is just, it's it's criminal. Uh, the fact that Daniel Tice was in the starting lineup as long as he was over Shangun. Shangun has, has never been a starter yet. I don't, I don't know what the Rockets are waiting for. I know he turns the ball over a ton. I know he's not perfect. He's 19 years old. He's he'll give you some of the most entertaining, effective passes. You'll see this side of Denver. I love him so much. He's a joy. I want you to apologize to me personally for your Shangun hatred and No, no. Uh, he's you, my easy pick. He's my easy league, pick here. After Summer League, you were talking about the the Thunder passing on him like they'd picked Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan or something. You were like this is yeah, a travesty. This is one of the greatest. Like, and here's the thing: I agree he should be playing more. There's no again, like he's a younger player on the team. You just drafted him. There's no reason that uh, Tice should be playing more than him, uh, or was playing more than him. 
Like, that's silly. Like, develop your young guys. So I agree. He should play more so we can know, uh, you know, what he has. Like, let him learn in the fire. But, uh, you know, the, the Rockets, the third worst team in the NBA, worst team in the West, like, forgive me for, you know, even they were on, like, a huge win streak only to be, like, the, still the third worst team in the NBA. Um, so, like, forgive me if I'm not, you know, falling out of my chair about uh Sangoon, but i mean this, have you, this is the problem have, have, this is the problem this can is I, the problem can i ask you no 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 can no I ask you, you can't. a question no i you can't. can't you can't okay. no this is the problem is that there are certain players and teams that are good that then get ruined by certain people who like go over the top not dissimilar to tht that the rational person like me, who's just trying to check the hype, not the player, starts to sound like a hater. Because I'm not a Shangun hater. I'm a hater of people like mm-hmm. you, the way you talk about him. So you're not a hater. You're just you're a hater of people who are supportive of Shangun. No, people who are like, like just going right? over the top, going over the top. Like, because I'm sure his family are great people. I support them. So, uh, I have a question for you. In all honesty. <laughs> okay. How many minutes of Shangun's season have you watched, Rohan? Because I know you're, you're tweeting about the Dolphins um, constantly, and I, I just don't know when you're tuning in to Houston Rockets basketball. I got to be honest. I got to call you out. I will say I will say that Houston's probably the one of the teams I watch the least. It's Houston, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and New Orleans. Like, I'm pretty confident of the four teams I've watched um, the least this season. I've weirdly seen a lot of the Pistons just because I like watching uh, Cunningham. But uh, I, I've seen a, I, I will, I, a lot of Shangun highlights um I, I watch a lot of like condensed games or next day highlights so i've seen like plenty of shangun like i've seen the summer league tape bro like that's not my again my opinion is not based on him it's based entirely on you being annoying about him this is also why you don't watch succession because people tweet about it is that <laughs> yes right? yes exactly you know i i i I think coming full circle, we've found what your New Year's resolution needs to be, Rohan. You gotta get, you gotta. People can't, shouldn't have access so much real estate in your head. You gotta just do what makes you happy, man. And I do what I think makes me watching, happy, and it's and it's and it's not watching Shingo to like to ride the wave of every like NBA hipster being like, oh, did you see Shangun and Poku last night? Like, come on, like I'm not, I don't need to pretend that like. Yeah, man, I'll watch like Shangun when the Rockets are like finally they got to double digit wins. Okay, maybe I'll watch a little bit more Shangun now. But like, we like I we I'm I'm living life the way I want to. Trust me, and that's not like riding the waves of like unchecked hype by the basketball coastal elitists who like are trying to tell me after summer league that like the Thunder. I mean, granted, I do think the Thunder regret not drafting Shangun. Like they could use a front court. Um, but uh yeah like believe me my problem is not with him i when i do watch him i enjoy it but uh this just the the way people I, I talk think about you have him, a problem i don't know how i don't know how You're we right. could have the tht conversation we had and then you listen to the yeah. way you talk about shangun and now like uh, and you don't see how like there's a, a straight line to be drawn between those two conversations 
I think what what's happening here is you get upset at me because I am a symbol of your own insecurity and your inability to watch and process and appreciate basketball players like Shingun. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, this is like a therapy session. We're getting somewhere. I'm really happy for you. This is, this is a place of growth and development and progress. And I think that's a wonderful place for us to end today's episode. I, no, I, no don't think it's, I, I, know, I, I don't think it's a wonderful <laughs> place for us to end today's episode. It absolutely calls for a rebuttal. Um, I get it. Just because, you know, I don't know if it's because the Celtics have been so disappointing the last couple of years that you feel the need to, like, extra drown yourself in, like, the most NBA hipster take possible. I can appreciate Shingun properly for what he is, which is, like, a pretty, like, promising rookie, but I don't need to, like, lose my mind over him. But the thing is, you do. Four years ago, you were the guy who's like, why are people so excited about Jokic? Like, look at Nurkic. What's the deal? I don't understand. That's not true at all. That's you. That's you. 100%. No one... No one was on the Nuggets bandwagon earlier than me. I think I've picked them to win the finals like five years in a row. Um, Check Mm -hmm. the tape, like November 2017, out in Denver, Mm -hmm. just talking about the Nuggets. Like, no one was on the Nuggets bandwagon earlier than me. Um, You know, the proof proof is in the article archive. So I, I... What I'm able to do that you're not able to do, Mike, is discern my tastes, okay? I'm able to... I'm able to pick and choose. I get you just you wanna you wanna cover all the bases. Um, and that's not me. I'm okay. I'm okay being able to make a distinction. In the in the wise words of Jay Z, we don't believe you. You need more people, Rohan. And on that note, um, I wanna say uh, thank you to you, Rohan. Thank you to our listeners. Um, thank you to Shelby. Uh, seriously shout out to Shelby who uh, has been a tremendous producer for every episode that we've recorded all year Um, applause to you and a quick reminder uh, we'll be back in the new year but uh, please keep the emails coming openfloormail at gmail.com that's openfloormail at gmail.com everybody uh, stay safe everybody have a happy new year and continue to enjoy the NBA season I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.